Hey, strangers. Welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. I'm Krista, and uh, I'm sidekick to Courageous Kurt over <laughs> Courageous here. Courageous Kurt. Driver of oh. the Sirius bus. <laughs> not not serious. Why did I even say he said serious? I don't know, but now I'm sticking it to you. Okay, it's now we're serious. <laughs> You're now the driver of the Sirius <laughs> bus. Oh, that's because bus. I told you you didn't have to do anything funny for the intro. Just oh, the, yes, yes, serious, yes, yes, yes. Tonight's is one of our topics. Is a he's little, he's uh, stifling my creativity. Is I am stifling doing. it. <laughs> yeah, one of our topics. We should start with that. V- listener discretion is advised. Yeah, we'll we'll bring that up once I start. It's more or less for my segment. Yeah. So this might be our first episode that we actually mark as explicit, not because we're going to be dropping f bombs here and there, but because content. It's just kind of a disturbing, you know, content. Mine is not disturbing, so you will we'll warn you when we get to that part. Okay. I have no... I feel like this is one of the first times where we have no clue what the other one... Yeah. Even with the pictures that we sent each other, mm-hmm. we have no clue what the other one is doing. Yeah. Okay. Like, Agreed. I have no idea who you're... This is a mini mystery episode, in case we haven't oh, yeah. said that. <laughs> in case we haven't said that, this is <laughs> a, like, what are my favorite mini about? mystery where Krista and I each pick a topic that we are going to discuss, and it's like a smaller topic that we might not have covered in a regular episode yep i I feel like i'm sounding like i'm congested or something i don't think so you sound really serious to me i'm off today (laughs) i told you i'm we didn't didn't, stop for coffee no i didn't stop for coffee but that's part of the problem what happened that was weird was that i stopped at the post office this afternoon to check our po box Mm -hmm. and we got the package from dash thank you dash maybe Maybe. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was walking back to my car and I crossed the road and I don't know if I stepped in a pothole, but you know how that is when you're walking and you step on something and your, the floor your ankle drops goes from sideways. You? Oh, you rolled your ankle? I rolled my ankle. No. Not a, not, I mean, I do that on a regular basis because I'm kind <laughs> oh. of a klutz. <laughs> okay. So it wasn't like super bad, but it hurt. And I was like, ow. So I walked back to my car and I sat down and I picked up my phone to start texting you and texting Dash that we got the package when all of a sudden my vision started swimming, like everything started going really weird. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to pass out. So I cranked my air conditioner up and I sat there, closed my eyes for like a minute and then it went away. But it freaks me out because that happened two weeks ago when I was in subway in line, all of a sudden everything started swimming. So I don't know if something is wrong, but okay, I just... I'm legitimately concerned now. <laughs> Do you think it's anxiety? No, because I've been taking the CBD gummies, okay. and I, 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 I swear by CBD gummies. I love these things now, but you know, it's maybe that because, affecting me. Is it possible oh. that the CBD gummies are affecting? I've been taking them for a month. Yeah, I don't know why that. But would I don't know. It was weird because the only time that I've ever passed out was last year or the year before when I had the shingles and they took my blood, and I think I passed out because I hadn't eaten that day. But that's twice in the last two weeks that everything kind of started going hazy on me. So. I don't know. So now I just feel really I just feel off. like you should go to the doctor. I don't know. I should. If I die, carry on the podcast without me. Oh, I don't think I can. You do Rhonda all the work. Rhonda or Corey or somebody. <laughs> Who's going to do all the research? <laughs> That's you guys Not will be, me. You guys will be sitting here like, so. <laughs> so what would Kurt do? <laughs> I'll try to um, I'll try to like do an EVP. I'll maybe do a episode EVP okay. into the microphone. We'll, we'll do see. that. But yeah, so I just feel like weird tonight. Well, off. the reason I ask about anxiety is because I used to have pretty bad anxiety in my 20s. And when I was having an anxiety attack, my it would I would get like tunnel vision, like I was going to pass out. See, and I only think I've had an anxiety attack once, and that was many years ago. Mm. So I have no idea what this is. You from. would know. You feel like you're having a heart attack, and you're going to die. But like I told you while before we were while we were setting up that lately I just can't eat enough. I'm eating so much food. Mm. That's when you joked that I was pregnant. Yeah. 
So I don't know. So yeah, that's why I'm. Do you have diabetes in your family? Corey just found out that he was. Because I think that can affect your vision. My vision is shot too, and. I think you should go to the doctor. Guys, what do you think? (laughs) Strangers? Maybe I'll edit this out because now everybody's going to message me and yell at me. Exactly. You need that. You usually (laughs) need a stern talking to. I can't see close to my... When I hold my phone, I have to take my glasses off. I've been doing the... I've been having the getting dizzy to the point where I feel like I'm going to pass out issues. And I don't know. Maybe I should go I think you should go to the doctor. doctor. Yeah. We'll, talk, we'll worry about We'll that. talk about this we'll offline. That's some other time. Ron and I will. We'll have a poll. We'll put a Ron poll and I will bully you into going to the doctor. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So, uh, shout outs. We have two new strangers, and those are, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Chris Karchuski and Audrey Rotenberry. And Audrey wrote us a really nice message yes. uh, asking if we were going to do a follow up on the stuff that's been coming up about Debt Love Pass. Yeah. I know someone else on The Strangers mentioned it too, so yeah, well, I think uh, we should. It I, might, I, it's probably not a full episode. No, but, but I told her that I kind of want us to do a, a follow-up episode where we go through a bunch of stories that we've talked about and discuss. Do updates. Yeah, because yeah. we never do that, and we kind of should if we've talked about the topic. So maybe in the near future, we will have an updates episode where mm. we discuss updates. Is, <laughs> is, is our intern still working on that spreadsheet? Yes, he is. That would he actually told me he be, is still working on it. That would yeah. be perfect yep. to reference. I will talk to Corey about that it all pretty much hangs on Corey now it does (laughs) but that's good this is probably why he sends us disgusting stuff yeah (laughs) probably (laughs) Uh, do we have any housekeeping we have a voicemail we have a voicemail we could play that yes um so this voicemail is from my coworker sherry who is an avid listener has listened from day one hey sherry um so without further ado here's sherry Hi, Kurt and Krista, Sherry Myers, avid listener. Hey, I just recently listened to episode 10, season 2, and would love to hear more EVPs from you guys. Um, Hopefully, you can set that up. Thank you. So the answer is no, we're not doing that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I'm sure we have plenty of EVPs that... You know, from investigations that we've never played on here. So, and I, I know that I have a bunch of good ones uh, saved that I found online, so oh, we can nice. play those too. Yeah, they don't so, even have to be our EVPs. Yeah, so we should do another EVP episode too. Very cool. So, thank you very much, Sherry. Yeah, thanks, thanks Sherry. for the voicemail. It's Spe- our second one. Speaking of Sherry, I have a funny story. Okay, I'll make it quick. Today was like health and wellness fitness day at work, and uh, so we're kind of competing with local companies to like get the most participation. And someone had put out some healthy snacks on the counter. This was before we were going to go for like this team walk. And Sherry was standing there struggling to get this container open. Like she's ripping plastic off, peeling off stickers, like really She's like getting really frustrated. Like, why would they close this up like this? And I'm like, you having some trouble there with that? She's like, listen here, Krista. I listen to your podcast. So I don't want to hear anything about me struggling (laughs) with a container. She's referencing the fact she that I really struggle with containers. <laughs> yeah, she called you out on that. So I thought that was pretty funny. I, I can't even say anything because I always just hand stuff to you to open because I know I can't open Yeah, stuff and you struggled with your bottle of watermelon water well, for like the, 10 minutes. They had it sealed like three different ways and then it was just nasty it anyway. It smells funky. Yeah, I mean, so. if somebody poisoned it, it might be better. <laughs> they really trapped good. the poison in there. <laughs> uh, so do we have a taste test? We do. Uh, also, more housekeeping. Oh, more housekeeping. Um... I know we have more housekeeping. <laughs> we have our 13th episode is coming up, and that will be our 50th episode. Oh, yeah. 
So uh, we're going to be hitting people up for stories because that's going to be a listener stories. And yeah, I would love it if you guys use the hotline. It'd be so cool yes, to hear your voices. We want you guys to call your stories in on the hotline, but also just call and say, hey guys, good job on 50 episodes. And then we will play those during the episode and there is going to be a contest, but we will get more into the contest as it gets closer to that. Do you know if the hotline has a time limit for leaving a voicemail? Because people that should I don't know, know that. Okay? That I don't know. Because if they you know, have to kind of edit Maybe their story. Maybe I'll call it and just ramble on and see <laughs> if it saves it or not. Let's do it. Yeah. I love it. And then yeah. we'll play it on the next episode. Yeah. By the <laughs> yeah. way, Kurt, happy anniversary. Yes, happy anniversary, Krista. <laughs> Two years we've been doing seem, this. It doesn't seem like it has been two years. It, it really doesn't. But yes, yesterday was our two-year anniversary of doing the podcast. That's pretty wild. So, was it the two-year anniversary of the recording of releasing session? It, or releasing? Of releasing it. Okay. My Facebook, um, Facebook memories that show up every day popped up. I think it was on Saturday, and it showed a picture of you while we were recording, recording. the first episode okay. two years ago. And it was released. That's right. We used yes, to release so on it Monday. Got released yesterday, two years ago. Crazy. So that is just crazy. And I, I hate that those sound is so bad in those it first couple. It was bad. But hey. Sorry. Thank you to you guys who stuck it out. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Because there us- are some of you who've been there from the date from day one. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Give us another two years and we'll have everything ironed out. We'll finally get this figured out. <laughs> Maybe. So I, oh, I snorted good there. <laughs> you did snort. I think that's it, was it as far as housekeeping. Okay. I'm sure there's something we're forgetting. Probably. I always have my. This is why we my, need an intern. I always have my show notes typed out, and then on the drive down, I'm like, "Oh crap, I got to put that in the notes." And then I always forget to put it in the notes when I'm sitting in my car waiting for Krista to pick me up. Mm. Well, you know, we reserve the right to get better. Yeah, we we need room for improvement, so we can improve. <laughs> yeah, we gotta have something way, to aim for. <laughs> that's the way I look at it. So on to tonight's <laughs> taste test. All right. All right. One of these is from Corey. This one isn't gross. Okay. Uh, it's, good. It's. Something I've never had before, but Ooh, it's not gross. That's good. So I think we're going to do two of them. We're going to do one from Shane's Box O Snacks. Okay. And Corey got us... Oh, some kind of beef product. Buffalo Bob's Alligator Jerky. Alligator yeah. Jerky? I have so, never had alligator. No, and I was thinking this morning, when you and I started this podcast, it was not our intention to eat every creature <laughs> roaming the earth, yeah. but apparently that's turned into what bugs, we do here. So, weird <laughs> fish. Bugs, fish. Yeah. Alligator. Well, anything. Okay. So there you go. Oh, you're going to make me open it. Yep. Of it's course. Always, it's always fun to watch. Is there like a handy yeah, I think you can just tear here thing? Oh, look at that. Look at that. First try. Good job. Boom. See? Progress. Two years. Oh, I got to take a picture. I already ripped it open. It's it looks like, like regular beef jerky. Like it's alligator and before. beef, but alligator is the number one ingredient. Okay. Sorry. And you're, I know people, you're getting eat, a people eat alligator all the time, so it's not going to be anything nasty. Well. I doubt it's going to be anything nasty. I mean, I feel like people eat it's cannibal jerky. sandwiches It's going to probably taste like all jerky tastes. It just smells like beef jerky. Okay. I'm just going to rip like a chunk okay. off of here. Okay. I'm going to take a photo of my chunk. It looks and smells like jerky. Yeah. I'm not I'm not too scared. I feel kind of guilty, but I know the alligator would eat me if it had a chance, so <laughs> This is true. Circle of life. Circle of life. Okay, you ready? Ready. Okay. It's actually really good. Yeah. It's not too alligatory. No, that's actually that's actually how, one of the, the texture of normal beef jerky. That's actually one of the better beef jerkies I think I've ever had. It's sort of like a cross between like dried beef jerky and like a Slim Jim. You know what I mean? 
It is. It's really tender. It's more like um, it's like ground up and then formed. It's really good. It's good. It's got really good flavor. It's not spicy. Just right amount of sweetness. I like this better than the beef jerky we have here all the time. Tender bites. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is really good. This is really good. Mm-hmm. Out of 10? I'll give it like an 8. I'm going to give it a 9. All right. That is really good. Yeah, it's delicious. Speaking of... Um, wasn't, it, uh, wasn't it Audrey that said <laughs> they uh, something about listening to us chew our vegan jerky? Uh-huh. Our vegan jerky? Wasn't it vegan? It was vegan jerky. Oh, that's right. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah, sorry you guys got to listen to us chew. Yeah, but... at least it's not the whole show. <laughs> My husband has completely emptied that bottle of coffee syrup. He's that like, he's like, so where do we order this? I'm gonna have to hit Jamie. It's like up. a nightly treat yeah, for him now. Jamie brought that for us. I'm gonna have to hit Jamie it up for so some more. Good. I suppose I could buy it. Do you want to do another taste something? test, or do you want to wait till the next time? It's up to you. Just wait till next time. Okay. Sorry, we teased you. We're sorry, only doing one. Sorry, we teased you. We're only 13 minutes in. Should we eat another one? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to. I mean, we don't. How are we doing on taste test items? There's a couple more in there, I think. Okay. Is there any more in that box? That's oh, yeah. Shane's last one. Should we? It's up to you. I'm down. Okay. We are going to do one. Scratch that. We're one doing one more. more. <laughs> one more taste are test. You're like editing all that out. And this oh, is oh, oh. on the floor. <laughs> this is the last one from my, I think this was Shane's box. I think this is the last box. I think Shane's, so too. This was what Shane sent us. And I believe this is the last item in there. What's that? Oh, this looks like really good. Crawford's Golden Crispy Bickets Filled Bickets. (laughs) (laughs) Bickets Filled Biscuit? Biscuits. Okay. (laughs) It's hard to say Crispy Biscuits. Crispy Biscuits. Golden Crispy Biscuits Filled with Currants. Currants. Ooh, I like currants. Ooh, these look really good. They do look really good. Okay, I'm going to take a photo. See, I like this kind of stuff. Never seen it before. Alligator and currants. That's what we're eating tonight. People don't want my thumb covering half the thing, right? Okay. Ready? Am Ready. I opening it? Yep. I feel like that's a given. I'm the official opener. snack op- <laughs> the opener. official snack opener. It's probably going to go everywhere. I'm going to be wearing this. Ah, here we go. Maybe. <laughs> there we go. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Uh, maybe. Um, I think we need an old school media scissors. <laughs> I thought about buying one today when I was at the Dollar Tree uh, before you picked me up. Ooh, I like the looks of these. Okay, I'm going to pull one out for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're like skinnier it's than like, I thought. Yeah, it's kind of shiny like a pretzel. I got to take a photo. You know what I mean? It's almost like a the size of like a club cracker, but a little thicker with stuff in the middle. I'm gonna smell it. it smells like currants. It smells like a fig Newton. It does smell. It smells just like a fig. Oh, Newton. that's funny. Okay, are you ready? Ready. Mm. It's actually really good. Mm-hmm. It's not as fig Newtony as I thought it was gonna be. No, the biscuits are really good though. It's like I would totally dunk this in milk. This is subtly sweet. So are you. 
<laughs> Thank you. Welcome. You know what I mean? It's not like overly sweet. No, like I I expected way more filling than that's mm-hmm. in there. It's just like a little layer of filling. I like this. I like how the biscuit's really crunchy and the current is really chewy. That's why it's got to be dunked in milk. It would be so mm. good dunked in milk. Or coffee. Or coffee. Mm. Mm. Those are good. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Shane. Yeah, thank you, Shane. Out of 10? I'm giving that one a 9. I'm going to give that one an 8. A serving size is three biscuits for 120 calories. You want to take that home? You know what I just thought? What? This is our probably our last show we're going to be recording in the late afternoon it totally or evening. So it's going to be strange eating some of this weird crap early <laughs> in the morning. Start sending us breakfast items. Yeah, start sending us weird <laughs> breakfast items to try. That's funny. Well, thank you guys. Yes, for thank you, Shane. These. Thank Very you, Corey. Corey and Shane. Mm. Thanks for not making me want to barf out. <laughs> Crickets. Good stuff. Who's going first? Is it me? Because mine's super short. I don't know how long mine is going to be, but we can also, we can pad it with a couple uh, questions at the end if we have to. We have more questions? We have more questions. Good. Exciting. And we have to read a pickle joke, of course. Oh, I always forget about the pickle joke. I know. How could I? But yeah, I have no idea what your topic is. Okay. You have no idea, I don't think, what my topic is. Nope. The pictures were disturbing, though. Uh, my topic is disturbing in general. Okay. And like I said, it, it will get talked about. <laughs> I'll bring that up when I get to mine. Can you guess what mine is the, about, though? Like, the general topic? I'm guessing a lady killing somebody. Ooh. Am I close? My no. first idea was Lizzie Borden, because I don't know what Lizzie Borden looks like. Oh, that's not her. No, but it looks Obviously. like... Obviously. It, really it look, you've never seen a picture of lizzie borden i don't think so you would you if you saw a picture of lizzie borden didn't you go to her house outside of her house oh. we didn't actually go into the house because jamie who did our theme music and was on one of our episodes his wedding was right what did i say wedding is so funny his, his wedding because it interfered <laughs> with your opportunity to go on the lizzie borden house um, his wedding was like right he's not corner. better it's okay <laughs> his, his wedding was like kitty corner from Oh, yes, I have seen Lizzie Borden. I knew you did. <laughs> well, the woman in your picture is like very matronly and very... Well, it's from the 50s. That's from the 50s? Yeah. Are you serious? I yes. thought it was way older than that. The picture I of my yeah, person? Yeah, the picture that you showed me. Nope. Okay, I have no clue who your picture is. Well, what do I, I usually do? You usually do true crime. Okay. Weird disappearance. Crime. I usually do disappearances. Yes. That's what this is. It's a disappearance. Are you ready? Should I get started? You look unsure. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who this could be. Jump right into it. Okay. I think we're, did we, is it still our titillating 20? Yeah, we're at 19 minutes and 27 seconds. Oh, that is perfect. I know. We've got this dialed in. <laughs> it's like a two, a two taste test thing. Gets us perfectly to 20 minutes. It does. Okay. So my mini mystery is about the disappearance of Beverly Potts. I have never heard of it. Hasn't rung a bell? No. Okay. So some of this information I got from Mysterious Universe website and some I got from the Charlie Project, which oh, yeah, Charlie Project is missing, missing persons, people. right? Yep. Okay. So on August 24th, 1951, a 10-year-old girl named Beverly Potts went off with her close friend Patricia Swing to visit Halloran Park in Cleveland, Ohio in order to watch some performers at Shogun, which apparently was a community talent show. Swing was expected home around 9 p.m. and left shortly before then, but Beverly decided to stay behind to watch the show to its end. However, Beverly, of course, 
did not return that night and in fact has never been heard from or seen since then. Apparently Halloran Park was what we would call a little bit shady after dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not only because the perimeter was like really heavily um, wooded, yeah. but I guess it was also sort of like a known hangout for local homeless oh people. Um, but there's no real evidence that she disappeared in the park. So that's just sort of, you know, people throwing out kind of information. Ideas. Yeah, exactly. In fact, there are some eyewitnesses who put her outside the park after the show was over, but we'll get to that. So I found a, a great timeline on Reddit, actually, of just kind of like... Better than the Maura Murray timeline? <laughs> yeah, there's no recipe for a beef burrito in Good. here. Um, <laughs> the user, I want to give them credit, is Shoe Reader. That's the name of the user on Reddit. Um, they also apparently wrote the Wikipedia page on this girl's nice. disappearance, so... So here's the timeline. Around 7 p.m., the girls set off on their bikes for the quarter mile or so trip to the park, arriving maybe 10 minutes later. Um, part of the timeline was provided by Patsy, her friend that was with her, and it's generally accepted as accurate. So around 8 o'clock, the girls decide they'll do better on foot in the crowd, growing crowds, so they ended up going back home, dropping off their bikes, and walking back. A little before 8.30 they arrived back to continue watching the show. At 8.45, Patsy, who was promised to be home by dark, notes that dusk is beginning to fall and suggests they head back. However, Beverly insists that she has permission to stay to the end of the show. Patsy heads home alone. She will later say that she last saw her friends still in the crowd, still totally focused on the performance on stage. She had to feel so guilty that she... Right? I left. would. Yeah. I totally would. Yeah. She must have thought shoulda, woulda, coulda like a hundred yeah. times. But that sucks. So the Charlie Project page adds a, a detail that they got from somewhere else about a woman that apparently Patsy saw a woman standing behind Beverly with her hand on her shoulder, but nobody can really confirm that. And we're not sure where that detail came from and whether or not it's even significant. But somewhere between 8.30 and 9 p.m., several witnesses, none of whom could really agree on the exact time, but they saw a girl matching Beverly's description near a battered black 1937 Dodge Coupe idling on West 117th Street. Um, the girl was apparently speaking to two young men inside, but none of the witnesses actually see her enter the car. I think this is kind of odd because I went to several websites to look up information about her and she was described as being really, really shy and really like leery of men. And Do they theorize that it was somebody that knew her or that she knew? Well, I thought if they saw her talking to these guys and she might have, they might have been classmates yeah. of her. Well, she was 10 though. So who would she know was driving know. a car? It just seems the odd teacher? to me. Maybe. Huh. It just, she was described as being very cautious yeah. and leery of men. So it just seems odd to me that she would approach a vehicle with two guys in it and be standing there. So it could have been a case of mistaken identity. Yeah. But, and I don't know if I'll get to this later, but somebody said she had a very distinctive walk. You know, there's pigeon toed where your toes kind of point inward when you walk, and then yeah. there's sort of like duck toed where you're. Toast, I guess like, she, yeah, she walked like that. She had kind of a very distinct walk. And so people who saw her recognized leaving, they recognized her. her walk because, yeah, recognized her because of the walk. So, so about 9.30 PM, the Shogun was over 
around there. Nobody, I mean, there's no official account of when it ended, but they're thinking that's about when it ended, maybe 15 minutes before that, possibly. Um, the park is emptying. A 13-year-old male acquaintance of Beverly's sees her heading diagonally across the park about 150 yards from the corner of Linnet Avenue and West 117th Street, which is where people said they saw her talking to the guys in the cars. Um, and yes, the boy recognized her because of her gait. Yeah. So, and this direction she was walking in would have been the quickest route to Lin- her Linnet Avenue home which was only a block or two down a well-lit sidewalk, I guess. That's weird. That is weird. That Said it took 10 minutes for them to ride their bike there. Maybe they took the long way. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe there's a, some kind of time warp on well, the maybe way they there. Left, maybe they left earlier than they needed to and drove around. Until... Could be. Yeah. Because why would it take 10 minutes to yeah. go two blocks? But okay. Unless you bike like me. <laughs> <laughs> Like falling down a lot. <laughs> falling down a lot, yeah. <laughs> Riding into bushes. And, uh. So well after she could reasonably be expected to arrive, like 10 o'clock, Beverly was not home. Her family commences a search, retracing any of her likely routes that she probably took. And by 11 o'clock, they called the police. So this would begin one of the largest searches in Cleveland history as law enforcement launched an intensive search operation, which included help from thousands of concerned volunteers. They scoured practically every inch of the city for any sign of Beverly. In the meantime, there were countless tips and leads, but none of these led anywhere. And in the end, her whereabouts still remain unknown. Um, Some facts that I got from the Charlie website are pretty interesting. They obviously don't believe she left of her own accord. What no. 10-year-old is, yeah, is gonna, you know, walking off on their yeah, own. and then never show up anywhere. Again, she was described as being shy, quiet, obedient, and a really good student. She had a really happy, stable family life. Um, was no reason for her to want to leave. She was very cautious, unusually cautious, particularly around men and boys, and knew to flee if approached by a stranger. And even though she had brought up kind of to be weary of strange men, not necessarily women. So some people theorize that it was possible that she was led away by a woman. But of course, that's just speculation. There's no evidence. No. Or any eyewitnesses that point to that. Well, somebody, didn't somebody see a woman with her hand on her shoulder? On her shoulder in the crowd. Oh, but, but nobody, still, that's... The, nobody knows where that came from, yeah. though. They're not even sure that came from Patsy. It's just... The Charlie Project saw that referenced on a site, but yeah. nobody could actually validate and you don't know that. If that's true or not, that right. happened. Right. Yeah. So there have been many false leads, um, several possible suspects. So two months after her disappearance, a man called her family demanding $25,000 in ransom for her return, but he turned out just to be some greaseball, completely unrelated to the case, trying yeah. to make a quick buck. Yeah. Unfortunately, people like that come out of the woods when something when happens. Stuff like that happens. Oh, it's disgusting. Yes, it is. How, let's see how I can cash in on this family is What's even worse than tragic. that are the people that call the family and like tor- torment them. them. Yeah, that taunt yes. them. I mean, that's just unreal that people do that. I don't understand. I don't either. Those are the same people who troll others on the internet for yep. no good reason. Yep. Um, another man confessed to hitting Beverly with his car on the night she vanished, but his story was also proven to be untrue. So why would did you... Did he hit somebody? <laughs> yeah, did he hit... <laughs> like, is there someone else like that's unaccounted for that this man hit? That's just bizarre that there's somebody There's some weird stuff that. in here, yeah. Well, and there's some weird stuff in here, like people 
confessing, but nah, they can't find any evidence. Oh, that's the thing too, is that when stuff like this happens, people confess that's all so the time. Weird. I know. It just. Why would you do that? I don't know. There's between, something wrong with you. Yeah, between the people confessing, the people taunting the families, yeah. it's you know, I just can't imagine going through that and then having all this other crap to deal with getting your hopes up yeah thinking yeah, someone's exactly. come forward finding out nothing and then like oh, it's nothing just kidding. right it's crazy um so in 1980 a retired cleveland police detective claimed he had solved the case in 1974 he says he got a letter from the brother of a man who had fled the cleveland area in 1966 after being charged with the abduction of two girls the author of the letter stated that his brother had confessed to kidnapping Beverly. When investigators interviewed the brother, he confessed to the crime to them, but the district attorney refused to prosecute him for lack of evidence. However, this story has not been confirmed by official sources. So this guy, you know, this police officer detective claims that he solved the case, but... But he's pretty convinced that it was this person. I guess. But the prosecutor would not... The, this, the DA would not prosecute due to lack of evidence. To me, if somebody's... I mean, I get that people make false confessions, yeah. but I don't know. What if they're telling the truth? Yeah, I know. I don't that's, know. that's what's hard is that if they're telling the truth and they don't get and arrested, And there's no evidence. Like, yeah, they can't prove it. I mean, right. why, why couldn't he lead them to where her remains were? True. If that's true, if he really did yeah. do it, he should be able to... Say what happened where... Or give some kind of intimate detail that only her family would, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. People are sick. <laughs> Another suspect is William Henry Redmond, a carnival worker, carnies, come on, <laughs> who died in 1992. He had a long record. You just alienated our carny audience. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he had a long record for child molestation beginning when he was only 13. How do you have a long record of child molestation? I don't like, know, but my, Why aren't you in prison? My topic potentially involves molestation too so this is a downer of an episode so this guy william henry redmond had been awaiting trial for the 1951 murder of an eight-year-old girl jane marie althoff when he died he allegedly told a cellmate that he had killed three other girls in addition to althoff he's never been tied to her disappearance and she is actually several years older than his other suspected victims although that doesn't make sense because they said that he was Awaiting trial for the murder of an eight-year-old girl, and Beverly was 10. That's only two years older. But that's still older. I know, but usually there's like a, like, do they only go for a certain age? Yeah. Usually there's a window. Yeah. I don't know. They said she's several years older. To me, that seems inaccurate. She's only two years two older. Two several. No. Um, at the time the authorities questioned him about Beverly's case in 1988, he refused to make any statement one way or another about her disappearance. So he told a cellmate that he had killed other girls, but he doesn't sound like he actually named Beverly as one of those girls. Yeah. So seems like people were trying to make connections maybe where there weren't. So this is where the story gets weird. So in 1994, so this happened in 1954? Yes. No, 1951. In 1994, a letter was discovered by accident in a renovated house claiming that the writer's husband had brutally murdered Beverly and disposed of the body. While this at first seemed like a major breakthrough in the case, it was later determined that the letter had been written by the by the accused's wife, if that makes sense, Yeah. in an attempt to get revenge for years of abuse. Wow. 
Once this was revealed, the letter was pretty much dropped as any sort of potential evidence. But that's not the last letter that authorities will receive. In 2000, the news publication The Plain Dealer, P-L-A-I-N Dealer, received a series of anonymous letters. The first letter simply stated that the writer had killed Beverly Potts after kidnapping and molesting her, and that he was apparently dying and wanted to clear his conscience. Over the next year, three more letters were sent, each giving additional details of the kidnapping and murder. At this point, the letters were seen as being a credible lead because, well, basically, they didn't have anything else. Exactly. Um, the second letter promised that upon his death, a sealed brown envelope containing even more details and proof of the murder would be received, along with a rare coin that Beverly was known to carry around with her. So nothing that I read stated whether or not that was a thing. Did, like, did they, did she, did she truly always have a coin on I her? I mean, she like, might have somebody, like... The thing is, some, if that was in the news... It might not have been in the news. That might be something her family knew that, yeah. that the news didn't share. So if that were true, that would make him, like, a pretty big yeah. suspect then. Yeah. So in the third letter, the alleged perp offered to actually turn himself in. He claimed that he would appear in Halloran Park on the 50th anniversary of the mysterious vanishing, saying, quote, 50 years is long enough to live with what I've done, end quote. Yet on the anniversary, he was a no-show and merely sent one final letter. In this last letter, he stated that he had decided not to turn himself in after all, indicating that he had checked himself into a nursing home. No additional letters were ever received. Wow. So was this guy just like some messed up crackpot? It's possible, but I have a feeling. I don't know. I feel like he may be legit. The coin thing. Yeah. If if it wasn't announced in the news. Right. That, if it was on the news, it could be anybody. I mean, anybody yeah. could have saw that and threw that detail in there. But if it wasn't on the news that she was into rare coins yeah. or carried a rare coin around with her. But that's stuff. You know, they, that kind of reminds me of like the uh, Delphi murders. You know, those two girls that were and they have like the video of the guy saying. Oh, in the down. park. Yeah. This is just a couple of years yeah. ago. And it's and, you know, there's things that they can't say like go down the hill or yeah, whatever. There's things, yeah. And I've been following that like crazy because I'm I really hope they catch the person that did that. Yeah. But it's like there's stuff that they can't release. Sure. And they just had that press conference not that long ago. And he said things like uh, there was something weird he said that hinted about the bodies, the way that they were left there or something like that. So people wonder if they weren't like laid out in a weird ritual way. Oh, boy. But they can't they can't give some details about it because they want to be able to nail the person that did that. But on the other hand, I I wish some of those details could come out so that could help pinpoint. Don't they have a suspect, though? They, or they did. They did, but I think they 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 don't. Okay, but I know that they I released. Don't know if you, did you see the press conference? Because the press conference was super. I don't interesting. think so. I know they released a sketch, right? And didn't yeah. people and sketch, find? Yeah, because it looks totally different than the first sketch that they released. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't people say that this one of the composite sketches of him looked like someone else, like connected to a totally different? I think so. I, I think can't remember so. what it is now, but. But there was just there were a lot of things that were said during that press conference that were hinting at specific things. Hmm. But, you know, they can't give those details because they need to know that the person did it. And that, that information didn't get out to everybody. And that's exactly what's going on with this coin thing. Yeah. But back then, I don't know if they would have released that she always had this coin with her or not. I would think even in the 50s, though, they had that sort of police procedure where you don't release all the details because... Yeah. You don't want to release things only the killer might know. Yeah. I, I feel I feel like this guy was legit. I, don't I really know. do. 
Well, none of the letters were signed, obviously. He well, didn't yeah. like have a return address yeah. on there. So there's no way to know who sent but the them. Whole, the whole thing was saying, I'll be in the park on this date was like kind of a taunt, mm-hmm. you know. And then not show up. Oh, yeah. never mind. You know. Yeah. Psych. Maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. Check. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so while the case continues to be investigated today, leads are followed. Um, rewards. There, there's a reward out there that has been increased in amount over the years. There's no real leads or suspects anymore. There were, so there was a book written about this called Twilight of Innocence, The Disappearance of Beverly Potts by historian James Badal and was also the focus of a documentary called Dusk and Shadow, The Mystery of Beverly Potts. Um, it's apparently like a legendary case in Cleveland. It's regularly appears in the news even today. And locals have nicknamed her the little girl Clevelanders can't forget. Wow. So her mother died in 1956. So just a few years after her disappearance, her dad died in 1970. And her older sister, who was quite a bit older than her, I guess, continued to search for her until her own death in 2006. (sighs) And Beverly would be 78 years old today. That's just horrible. I know we talked about that with Maura Murray, but I I can't imagine being a family member and not knowing what happened to the person and spending your whole life searching and wondering yeah no thinking because there are people who come home yeah like years after they went missing so i think as a parent or a loved one i would always hold out hope i understand why people if they're dead i want a body so that i can just bury my loved one and have some closure and and not spend the rest of my life hoping they're gonna walk through the door someday yeah and I also think it would be torture to not know what they went through. Yeah. I don't it know if be. what's worse is knowing what they went through or not knowing because I think your brain goes to a much scarier place than reality. Yeah. But I don't know. That's just sad. 10-year-old girl. Yeah. Very sad. That is a sad case. Yep. All right. Now on to a more uplifting story. <laughs> Mind. <laughs> so, Yeah. That's a good one. You really like the disappearances, don't you? I do. I'm really into missing persons. It's like so fascinating to me that someone can just disappear. I mean, in a, of course, morbid way. Yeah. I I used to listen to a lot of missing persons podcasts and I know sometimes I overdo it. When you look at the stats about how many people do go missing. Yeah. Where are all these people going? It's just, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. It is crazy. I, I, I think a lot of them are no longer with us, unfortunately. And most of them are just buried. I think it's really hard to disappear. Yeah. Oh, it is In today's hard to day disappear. and age. Yeah, today's day and age especially, it's hard to... I mean, there are security cameras everywhere. You can't do anything. No, they have the cameras that read people in a crowd. It'll read everybody's All face and scan everybody's face. So I think it's getting progressively harder just to disappear but right and if these people left on their own you know and i see i see news stories all the time about people that fake their own death also, you know some guy's boat is out floating in the ocean and they think he died they're always discovered at some yeah, point he turns up and you know you can't hide forever you no, just can't so that's no. why I, ha- I hate to think this but a lot of these people are not with us anymore no. yeah probably in a shallow grave somewhere and... right well that's depressing it sure is lock, so, <laughs> lock your doors and yes and <laughs> Keep tabs on your kids. And that leads right into my story. Which, a reminder. Keep tabs on your kids. Yeah. And uh, my topic that I picked for this episode is Elsa Gate. 
Do you have any oh, idea what Elsa Gate is? Anytime there's a gate attached to anything, it's usually not this good. This is Elsa Gate. Like Pizza Gate is like a total. Well, this is kind of an offshoot of Pizza Gate, okay. but we'll get we'll get to that. Uh, I wrote well, this. Okay, listeners who are I wrote this sensitive. down. So okay, I wrote. We know that several of our listeners let their little strangers listen, but we are marking this section as explicit due to the disturbing subject matter. Anytime you deal with children, pedophiles, molestation, etc., it can be a delicate subject. So that's why we are putting out the warning. But on the other hand, if you have kids, this is kind of something you really need to listen to it and and know because, you know, it's just, oh, there's three reasons I wanted to do this. The first reason is that I literally had no idea this was going on. And I am kind of a conspiracy buff. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought about this and I don't think I wear a tinfoil hat, but I maybe wear a tinfoil beanie where okay. it's not, I don't go full conspiracy theorist. It's under your hat somewhere. Yeah. I don't go full conspiracy theorist, but I like conspiracy theories. A majority of them, I, I, I really just like listening to them. I don't necessarily believe all of them, but I think a lot of them have pieces in there that are true. Yeah. And they're fascinating. I like to sure. follow conspiracy stuff and I literally had no idea this what this was and then two weeks ago I was on my phone looking at YouTube videos of internet mysteries and this came up on one of them and I had never heard of this and that took me to a TED talk you know what TED talks yeah. are really good yeah like, really like good lectures mm-hmm. uh, there's a TED talk by James Bridle called quote the nightmare videos of children's YouTube Oh, God. And it's a really good TED Talk. It's like so, dark web stuff? So No, no, okay. it's not. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, after the episode airs, I'm going to put his TED Talk in The Strangers and on The Strange Sessions because it's really good. It's a okay. really good TED Talk. Uh, the second reason I want to do it is because there are some mysteries and theories, conspiracy theories involved with it. And the third reason I wanted to do it is just because I wanted to serve as a PSA. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, this this is real. I mean, this isn't a... Pizzagate thing where it's a lot of speculation. I mean, mm-hmm. this you can go look right now and see that this is going on. So, Elsagate came on the heels of the more widely known Pizzagate. And a couple people have brought up Pizzagate as far as us. Yeah. And the thing with that is, if you don't know, Pizzagate was this conspiracy theory that there was a pizza place in Washington, D.C., I believe. I think it was called Comet Pizza or Comet Ping Pong that there were some politicians tied into this that they believed kids were being molested, that there was like a room in the basement where kids were being molested and kids were being uh, sex trafficked. Mm -hmm. And the Clintons were, the Clintons were involved involved. and allegedly involved. Allegedly. And there was just a lot of, there was was a a lot of dark stuff involved Mm -hmm. with this. And it culminated into somebody that had read this going there with a gun and demanding to go into the basement. Hmm. And that was kind of what... I never heard about that. Yeah. Okay. A guy showed up there with a gun, and that's kind of what stopped the whole thing. And as far stop as... Stop the conspiracy theory? <laughs> well, stop the whole... All right. Like, people need to back off on this okay. thing. You know. It's not real. Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, I... Uh, okay, this is going to be a little tangent here, but I do think that politics, Washington, D.C., and especially the film industry are Oh, are yeah, the film industry? pedophiles yep. and and molestations i and think stuff we have like enough that. people who've come forward and uh i'm not gonna get into any specifics but i i told you about that website i go to that's like a blind gossip website where it's a lot of like celebrity blinds and stuff but they put a lot of stuff in there that 
like conspiracy stuff. And there's just a lot of stuff floating around about stuff that goes on in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not going to bring any of this up, but I will say, yeah, you can search, do a Google search on Heather O'Rourke. That was the little girl that was in the Poltergeist movies yeah. about how she died and what people's theories are about what really happened to her and how oh. she died. And there's rumors. I've never heard any of that. Yeah. And there's rumors about stuff that's been going on on the Stranger Things set with the kids. <gasps> no. So there's just a lot of, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to get too far into this, but I've read, I don't buy everything, but I read enough that I pick up things here and there that there's a lot of shady pedophilia going on in, in Hollywood and in politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just you can go down so many rabbit holes with this but there's just things are sketchy things are sketchy so while i don't think pizzagate necessarily happened like everybody thinks it happened i think there are bits and pieces of it that are true i really do so elsa gate came on the heels of the more widely known pizzagate and so here we go with elsa gate Humanity spends more than 1 billion hours a day watching videos on YouTube, and the website reaches more people in the United States than any TV network. Many parents assume that a large and reputable company like YouTube will ensure that the content their children are viewing is safe and age-appropriate, but it's been discovered that this isn't the case. Elsagate videos are kind of hard to explain. Most of the videos are either a low-budget live-action video featuring people wearing costumes of well-known characters such as Elsa from Frozen and Spider-Man. Usually these two together, Elsa and Spider-Man. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Or, or the videos can feature crude animation featuring well-known children's characters like Mickey Mouse. And that's where that picture yeah. that I showed you came from. Okay. Some other channels have videos using claymation, while others have real-life families in strange, disturbing scenarios. These videos are often surreal and disturbing, featuring graphic violence, very sexual situations, drugs and alcohol, and gross toilet humor. Also, blatant sexual situations, dismemberment, kidnapping, children being taped with masking tape while asleep and awake, children bound and gagged, children eating feces, drug use, injections, lethal injections, children in sexually suggestive clothing and situations, and learned helplessness. So it's... it's, it's like live videos of people? It's Yeah, yeah. Well, but also uh, animation. There's and, animation. Okay. Uh, like the Mickey Mouse ones are animated. The live action ones are people wearing costumes like Elsa of Elsa and Spider-Man. And they're just bizarre. They're really bizarre. Some of these videos hit upwards of 100 million views. Why are people reporting this stuff? Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you right now, this isn't something that people theorize. You can go on YouTube right now and in the YouTube search thing, type Spider-Man and Elsa and you'll get these videos. You'll get this long list of videos and there's going to be weird videos where she's pregnant and if you go to one of those videos and then you go to the suggested videos on the side, there's going to be weird ones. And you can click on that and go to the ones in that. And you just go down this called rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. They get worse. <laughs> yeah. They get worse and worse and worse. And I watched some that I was like, oh, my God. I mean, it's just bizarre. So here are some of the titles from just a couple of the videos that I came across. Spider-Man versus Anna's ass with frozen Elsa. Pregnant Elsa cuts hand on knife. Snow White gets pooped on her face by the Joker. What the hell? Mickey Mouse fidget spinner robber gets drunk and crying in prison. Frozen Elsa drinks way too much with Spider-Man and Spider-Girl. Mickey Mouse needs to pee in Minnie Mouse bathtub. 
those are just a couple of the titles of the ones that I came across. Wow. The earliest of what would become known as Elsagate videos began to show up in the year 2014, but stayed mostly under the radar until the British newspaper The Guardian published an article in June 2016 about the YouTube channel named Webs and Tierras. The Webs and Tierras videos had background music but no dialogue and showed people dressed up as well-known characters like Spider-Man, Elsa, and the Joker engaging in strange and nonsensical actions. Webs and Tierras premiered in March of 2016, and by June of that year, it had become YouTube's third most viewed channel with about 1.7 billion views. Also in February, the All website published an article on Webs and Tierras and similar channels describing their content as, quote, nonsensically nightmarish, and that the videos were, quote, pretty twisted for children's content. Some videos involve Elsa giving birth, and in some others, Spider-Man injects Elsa with a brightly colored liquid. You half expect the scenarios to be porn setups, end quote. Hmm. More and more of these channels began to appear on YouTube, often having innocent-sounding channel names like, quote, Kid Toy Media, Fun Planet, or Super Spider and Friends. Many of these channels are found to be created and run from overseas. I knew it. The New York Times <laughs> found that one of the channels featuring counterfeit cartoons called Super Zeus TV was linked to a website called superkidsshop.com registered in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. A man working for superkidshop.com confirmed that his partners were responsible for the videos on which a team of about 100 people were working, but follow-up requests for an interview were denied. On November 23rd, French-Canadian outlet Tabloid released a video investigation about a website called Toy Monster, a channel linked to Webs and Tierras. They confronted the video's creators based out of the south shore of Quebec City, who refused to be interviewed. One of the actors featured in the videos anonymously stated that he was contractually obligated to refrain from comment. The investigation revealed that identical content was being posted on numerous channels apparently operated by the same people. Okay, I just showed Krista, we took a break, and I showed Krista some of the videos on YouTube, and you can see that they're... Bizarre. Bizarre. I mean, they went out and bought costumes, like official costumes, yeah. Elsa costumes. But there's like the, the weird computer animation of Spider-Man yeah. getting Elsa pregnant, and, you know, it's just, they get worse, they get worse and worse the more you go down that rabbit hole. I mean, if they're... I'm sure you've been to... Uh, Pornhub. <laughs> what is that? I'll write. I don't have to write that down and it's check that out. It's free porn website. There's a lot of animated porn. <laughs> yeah, there and is. It's anime. But that that type isn't themed. geared towards kids, and that's no. that's the difference. No. So another well-known channel that got caught up in the Elsa Gate wave was one called Toy Freaks. The channel, which ran from 2015 until it was shut down in 2017, was known for its videos featuring a dad and his two young daughters in a variety of disturbing situations. And this was a, a real life. wasn't animated. It wasn't animated. It was like a real life one. It was weird. I mean, I watched a bunch of the videos and it's bizarre. I don't think it's, it's necessarily as evil as other people do, but I think it was bizarre. In November 2000, it does make you wonder what's happening when the camera's exactly, not rolling. Exactly. In November 2017, the Toy Freaks channel was highlighted in an article on the Medium website, in which it stated that the channel quote specializes in gross-out situations, as well as activities which many many viewers feel border on abuse and exploitation, if not crossing the line entirely, including videos of the children crying, vomiting, or being in pain, mm. and it was simulated, but. It was still. still very 
Someone's creating it because they enjoy watching yeah, it. Yeah. And they it know was, others are going to enjoy it. it. But it was very disturbing and weird. The guy, the dad would act like a baby with a pacifier in his mouth. And it was just, it was just creepy. That's the only way I can describe mm. it. As more and more of these Elsagate channels started showing up, the content started to become even more extreme, surreal, and disturbing. Just as an example, there was one that I just stumbled across uh, featuring that weird animated Mickey Mouse that's taller than the regular Mickey Mouse. In the one I was watching, Minnie is pregnant because we keep seeing a shot of the baby inside of her and she keeps trying to kill herself. She's trying to jump off a cliff. She's trying to cut the baby out. And there's there's a lot of pregnancy in the Elsagate videos. There's like a lot of pregnancy. Then, what pushed the Elsagate situation over the tipping point was the fact that people discovered these videos were all over the YouTube Kids app. And if you had the app on autoplay, the disturbing videos would show up after a few innocent videos played. Reports started coming out that children who once loved Spider-Man were now frightened and bursting into tears whenever they saw him, or of toddlers having like weird reactions to Elsa dolls. On November 4th, 2017, the New York Times published an article about these videos slipping past YouTube's filters and disturbing children. And on November 6th, author James Bridle, he's the one who did the TED Talk, okay. wrote an article on the website medium.com called, quote, Something is Wrong on the Internet. This really brought That's Elsa an Gate. Yeah, this really brought Elsa Gate into the public's attention. It was a really, really good article. And again, his TED, TED Talk is great. In the article, he states, quote, Someone or something or some combination of people and things is using YouTube to systematically frighten, traumatize, and abuse children automatically and at scale, and it forces me to question my own beliefs about the internet at every level. Much of what I am going to describe next has been covered elsewhere, although none of the mainstream coverage I've seen has really grasped the implications of what seems to be occurring. And the article does a great job of explaining what is going on with the videos and how they manage to work their way into a child's view. Bridal, like everyone else who comes across these videos, is greatly disturbed by them. Of the violence in the videos, he says, quote, Some of the times it's trolly, gross-out humor. Most of the time, though, it seems deeper and more unconscious than that. The internet has a way of amplifying and enabling many of our latent desires. In fact, it's what it seems to do best. I spend a lot of my time arguing for this tendency with regards to human sexual freedom, individual identity, and other issues. Here, and overwhelmingly it sometimes feels, that tendency is itself a violent and destructive one. One thing he brought up in the article that I would see in the videos that bother me was a lot of times it featured the sound of a baby crying. Mm. Like when a kid was sad, they would play the sound of a baby that was crying, like obviously crying, not like a fake crying. And it was right. really disturbing for a reason that I couldn't put a, my finger on. Every time I heard that, I was like, that's just not cool. On November 28th, 2017, Forbes magazine presented Elsagate as an example of the dark underbelly of the digital age. The article's author commented that the huge scale of the problem seemed to indicate that children's content on YouTube had become, quote, a monster beyond our control, and that it's terrifying to imagine how many toddlers have been affected in ways beyond our comprehension. In August 2017, in the midst of the Elsagate controversy, YouTube announced its new guidelines on content and monetization. And that is, you know, monetizing video views. And mm -hmm. that's what was going on here. 
In an ongoing series of efforts to demonetize controversial and offensive videos, it was announced that creators would no longer be able to monetize videos which made inappropriate use of family-friendly characters. In November of the same year, it announced that it would implement a new policy that age restricts this content in the YouTube main app when flagged. The controversy extended to channels which featured not necessarily children's characters, but actual children who sometimes performed inappropriate or dangerous activities under the guidance of adults. As part of a broader action, YouTube deleted the channel Toy Freaks, which I talked about, which featured a father named Greg Chisholm and his two daughters in potentially abusive situations. Chisholm was subsequently investigated by child protection officials in Illinois and Missouri for alleged child abuse. In December 2017, authorities announced that Chisholm would not face criminal charges. Before its removal, the channel had over 8.5 million subscribers. 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 So I understand people like you we'll get to that. stumbling we'll get to upon what, yeah, the video. We'll get, to what, we'll get to what you're saying. Okay. On November 22nd, 2017, YouTube announced that it had deleted over 50 channels and thousands of videos which did not fit the new guidelines. On November 27th, the company said in a statement to BuzzFeed News that it had, quote, terminated more than 270 accounts and removed over 150,000 videos and removed ads from nearly 2 million videos and over 50,000 channels masquerading as family-friendly content. And it takes two seconds to create a new one. Forbes contributor Danny DePlacido, I think that's her name, wrote that many problematic videos could still be seen on the platform with new ones constantly popping up and that, quote, the sheer volume of videos hastily deleted from the site proves that YouTube's algorithms were utterly ineffective at protecting young children. Mm -hmm. So that's where the problem came from is that you would give your son or daughter, you know, your iPad, put it on the YouTube Kids app and put it on autoplay and let the cartoons just keep playing and playing. And the first couple... In that TED Talk that uh, James Bridle does a really good job of showing this, where he does, a, I think there's 12 of them on the screen. The first one is like an innocent one with trains, like doing a counting lesson. And by the 12th video, it's, a, it's like a weirdly animated video of Mickey Mouse in a park masturbating as he's watching women jog by. Oh, my God. And you don't. And your kid is and watching this now. Your kid is sitting now. here watching these over and over and over. But I would not have thought anything about that on the YouTube. It's the YouTube Kids app. I would have had no problem letting right. that play. I would have assumed that somebody was doing something about that. Hmm. And I can't stress enough how bizarre and disturbing these videos are. For the most part, when you do like a search uh, Spider Man and Elsa, you'll get weird ones. But as you go down the suggestions you're going to get ones that are just why like what is going on that they're they're doing these yeah what is the purpose so now we get to theories we there's four main theories and i don't think this is a situation where one is correct and the rest aren't no i kind of think it could be any of them it could be all of them because it's not just one person or one group of people posting these so theory number one nothing is going on uh, some people think it's today's equivalent of the violent Bugs Bunny cartoons from the 70s. I did think coupled, of that. Coupled with South Park toilet humor. Roadrunner. Yeah, and the thing is, I get some of that. I mean, you know, like it was nothing for me to see the, a video with Daffy Duck going to shoot somebody and they bend the barrel of the rifle backwards and he shoots himself in the face. Right. And when you come back, his nose is on backwards and right. all that stuff. And some people think that this Tom is and just... Tom Jerry stuff. This is yeah. just a natural... We become but, so desensitized. That's yeah. not violent enough yeah. anymore. Yeah. So. so some people think that this is just 
equivalent of the violent cartoons we grew up with in the past. I don't, I can see that, but I don't I necessarily can see that being a fraction it of it. These are disturbing. They're not just violent. There's more to it yes. than that. In a November 10th, 2017 article on the outline.com by Laura June called, quote, YouTube is not child abuse. It said, quote, there's no one who will defend much of YouTube as good content. It's too vast and open for that. Although there are plenty of fine things there, the weird, poorly animated nursery rhymes that rack up billions of views are crazy, but only to adult eyes. The bar is just set so extremely low there that the barrier to entry is also so low that it simply can't realistically be considered safe for children. But then neither can most of the internet or even most of cable television. People who would pretend that those are grew up in the 70s or 80s and have forgotten the glorious pre-internet area of only the highest quality content, which was actually the realities of Saturday morning cartoons, which featured violence and were constant assaults of product and food advertisements. Mm. So there's that. Uh, so basically, yeah, but what, we what weren't she's, being exposed to like sexual. No, stuff. exactly. What she's saying basically, and is is that we as adults find the videos creepy, but kids don't. We don't know. They find them scary, though. A November twenty first, two thousand seventeen article on The Verge titled "Quote: What Makes YouTube's Surreal Kids Videos So Creepy." It says, "Quote: I showed Knox College psychology professor." Professor. <laughs> I sound like I was drinking. (laughs) I showed Knox College psychology professor Frank McAndrew, one of the few people specifically studying creepiness, one of the Elsagate videos. He readily qualified it as creepy. McAndrew describes creepiness as a response to ambiguity. Sometimes it's driven by potential physical threat. Other times it's anything that breaks our deeply ingrained expectations of reality, like the uncanny valley of seeing a human-like face with subtly inhuman elements. Hmm. He says, quote, you're mixing things that shouldn't go together, right? You don't really know how to make sense of it. It creates tension. Unfortunately, we don't actually know much about what children find creepy, says neuroscientist Lisa Feldman Barrett, author of the book How Emotions Are Made. She says, I've never come across a study so far that tried to induce a sort of creepy, sinister kind of experience, she says, possibly because of ethical concerns. Yeah, it's called child abuse. Yes, the the fact that kids are watching these videos doesn't necessarily tell us how they feel about them. And I I get that, but there's... there's, I think that there's this ingrained ability to understand intent. Yeah. And the intention of that video is not, those videos is not innocent. No, no. And I think that when kids are exposed to things that they're not equipped to process, that's damaging. Yes. They know there's something wrong. I agree. They might not understand why it's wrong, but they know something's wrong. But some of these kids that are watching these too are getting to the age where they can realize that there's something not right. I mean, if you put a, a baby in front of it and they watch it, that's one thing. But if you put an eight, nine, ten year old in front of it, that's Even another a thing. Five year old. Yeah. It's like they're trying to desensitize them to yeah, this stuff. Exactly. And uh, so they're saying that children don't have that notion yet of the way things should be. So eh. they don't find ambiguity creepy. See, I don't, I disagree with that. And that's like, you know, one of the things that I thought about was, and I still think that this was a really cute show was Teletubbies. And I know a lot of mm. people that were creeped out by Teletubbies. It was just I know, weird. It was weird. <laughs> it but didn't I, make I, any sense. But that is exactly where they're saying that that's something that adults are creeped out by, yeah. but children aren't because they don't anything. understand that that's weird. I never saw anything creepy about it. 
No, I always I loved having that on it in the background harmless. when I was doing something. I mean, it was weird with the baby and the son and all that. Yeah, so but it was it's it was weird. But they but they're making the the argument that it's weird to adults because that's not what we're used to. It's a poor excuse. So that's theory. Children number, are very intuitive. That's theory number one. Nothing is going on. Bullshit. Sorry, I swear. Hey, this is an explicit episode, okay. so you can swear this is marked explicit. Hot damn! <laughs> wow, way to way to go all out with the cursing. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're only marking this explicit because there we talk about we're gonna be talking about molest or molestation and child mm-hmm. porn and stuff like that. Theory number two, it's all about money. November eighth, two thousand seventeen, Forbes article titled "Quote: YouTube's Elsa Gate Illuminates the Unintended Horrors of the Digital Age" says, "Quote: I do quote way too much. I gotta mm. stop saying. Quote. You do say it a lot. I do. I'm gonna stop that. <laughs> quote. Just try." <laughs> Let's make this clear. There is no value to any of these videos. There is no story, no purpose, nothing for your child to absorb. They're so unstructured, they might as well be completely randomized. They're neon-lit, saccharine-filled junk food for your child's brain, and judging from the view counts, most have been viewed hundreds of thousands of times. This luridly colored vomit is being pushed through a vast pipeline connected through keywords and highlighted via YouTube's algorithms. There's a lot of easily manipulated toddlers tapping on those iPads and acquiring their attention by any means possible is a digital gold rush. An article on uscybersecurity.net called Elsagate, the problem with algorithms, says, quote, One popular video, as described by a BBC trending story, Depicts depicts <laughs> oh my god, depicts the cartoon character Peppa Pig having her teeth pulled out by a sadistic dentist. None of these videos feature any dialogue. Instead, the sound design features bizarre screeching, crying infant sounds, and peppy upbeat music. Other videos feature intense gore, frightening images, and overtly pornographic sexual content. It is very easy to stumble upon hour-long compilations of popular children's cartoon characters eating feces, getting their fingers graphically cut off, or being buried alive, etc. Thousands upon thousands of videos with titles like, quote, Frozen Elsa Gets Brain Belly, and, quote, Superhero Baby vs. Nail Crying and Doctor Treats are constantly posted, taken down, re-uploaded, and redistributed to a multitude of channels. These channels are often new and will host 20 to 40 videos within one week. Despite the short shelf life of these videos, many of them have accumulated millions of views. While YouTube hosts a variety of content, many parents will let their kids watch YouTube through an app called YouTube Kids. YouTube Kids offered a version of YouTube that had parental controlled features, pre-approved content, and intense video filtering to purge objectionable content. However, the app would often show Elsagate videos, triggering a strong backlash against YouTube. The head of family and children's content, Malik Ducard, admitted that not all of the content was specifically curated by humans. In fact, much of YouTube's kid filtering process relies on an automated algorithm to proof their content. Of course, Elsagate content intentionally bypasses these sorts of algorithms. Many slip under the radar by featuring colorful animation and keywords like education and learn numbers. Children are easy targets for manipulation, and they are a metaphorical goldmine for both content creators and YouTube itself. YouTube's main goal is to keep people on their site as long as possible to make money. Kids do not skip ads often, they don't mind simple animation, and they will watch repetitive content ad nauseum. Therefore, creators can cheaply recycle any conceivable combination of characters, stock music, animation, and backgrounds to make a large library of content in a short amount of time. 
This content can be posted on any channel, and due to the brand recognition, keywords, and addictive nature of these videos, they will generate a ton of money off of the ad revenue. Because YouTube wants to keep people on their site longer, their algorithm will place these videos in the recommended autoplay feed, effectively blasting these kids with an infinite loop of Elsagate content. After the coverage in media around November 2017, the conversation surrounding Elsagate has died down. YouTube deleted many videos and responded with new guidelines on monetization. The policy seeks to demonetize videos that people flag as inappropriate, especially within the YouTube Kids app. However, a quick search on YouTube will reveal that these kind of videos are still floating around and new ones are popping up. It is common to hear reports of inactive channels being hacked, sold, and resurrected as Elsagate channels. On May 17, 2016, Ethan and Gila Klein from the H3H3 YouTube channel uploaded a video titled, quote, Webs, Tierras, and Bradberries, in which they speculated that the high view counts on the videos were possibly coming from bots created by Mohammed and Etam Bradbury, a duo known for their YouTube prank videos. What many people believe is going on with these videos is that there are automated programs or bots that analyze all of the top children's video titles or descriptions on YouTube, picks out the words or phrases that shows up the most, and these words are strung together into a really strange title, which is sent to these channels, and a video is produced based on those keywords. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Like, uh, for example, for example, one search might result in something like Spider-Man, Fidget Spinner, Baby Shark with Elsa Baby, and a channel would then produce a surreal video using this title. The video would then, of course, get many more views because of the keywords in the title, and as more children view it, it would move up in the algorithm, causing even more children to see it as they are watching videos on autoplay. So it's like an insidious, brilliant plan that these, you know, promote themselves so much that they show up into the keyword things. I get it, but why does it have to be violent and sexual in nature? People theorize that... Why would they make... Some people theorize that that is something that hooks the older kids that are it's like you know like an inside joke like you got to come and see this video where elsa is pregnant has the baby cut out of her you know it's like the violence and stuff sells to the older kids while the younger kids are into like the cartoon aspects of it Hmm. Uh, when you look at the comments under an elsa gate video there are usually tons of comments a lot of them saying things like quote nice video or quote love or this made me laugh while many others are written in different languages. But you also find a lot of them that seem to be just gibberish, random letters looking like someone, most likely a child, was pounding on a keyboard. There are a few theories about these comments, one of them being that these comments are actually generated by a bot from hacked YouTube accounts or from accounts created just for the bot to use. The bot's sole purpose is to comment nonstop on these videos, adding to the views and moving the videos up in the YouTube algorithm, which will increase the likelihood of the videos playing to children in autoplay. There is another more sinister theory about the comments, but we will get to that soon. So that's what they think is going on, is that these bots just automatically all day go to these Elsagate videos, put a gibberish comment and the more comments and views it gets, the more it goes up the ratings and the more the kids are going to see it in their YouTube app. I still don't understand. I mean, you could do the same thing with a video that wasn't disturbing. You could, you very well could. So I don't buy that. It's just about money. There's more intent behind it. A lot of people believe that YouTube has a vested interest in not shutting down all the Elsa gate sites because the videos and their ad revenue brings in a ton of money. Yeah, I'm sure YouTube makes a, 
ton of money off of those videos. They're, I hope they don't like listen to this <laughs> because this is going to be on YouTube. But you know, that's the truth. Is that most people? Aren't I feel listening like on I feel like YouTube knew this was going on for the longest time, but they didn't really do anything about it until uh, something that came out in the next theory. But I think that's when they were like, "All right, we gotta do something about this now." But I think they were being quiet about it because it was making them a ton of money yeah, until it became a PR nightmare. Yes. And that gets to theory number three. The videos and the system maintaining slash pushing the videos are the work of pedophiles and child sex traffickers. There we go. A lot of people believe that the videos are a systemized way of normalizing pedophilia and getting young children accustomed to sexual and disturbing content so they'll be more easily groomed by pedophiles. It's called grooming. And a lot exactly. of that, a lot of this totally makes sense. Some of this does make a lot of sense based on some of the constantly repeated imagery in the videos. One image that shows up constantly and showed up in that first picture that I showed you is a syringe. Mm -hmm. Syringes are in tons of these videos, like to a weird amount. There's always syringes. And some people theorize that syringes are said to either get children used to seeing the injections used to sedate them right. when they are molested or kidnapped, or they are, to, or the syringes cause the children to be even more frightened of doctors who would be able to see signs of the sexual abuse. Mm. The constant theme of pregnancy and abortion are done to normalize sex, pregnancy, and termination, and the violence and crying sounds are to show them what will happen if they don't comply and to get them used to being in a constant state of worry and terror, which is learned helplessness. A lot of these videos depict abortions where Elsa may have a pregnant belly and then receives an injection and the belly then disappears. Hmm. So there's a lot of that and it's really, really suspect. It really is. It, it's, it's, I just don't see any reason for anyone to create a video like that, no. especially with children's no. characters. And, and I, I, I can understand where this is a money thing, but it's like, then why do they have to have this tied up with the pregnancy stuff and the, the syringe stuff and, yeah. and the violence? I think the money is just the cherry on top. Yep. Also, a researcher once, and this is, this is disturbing. Also, a researcher once noticed that while a lot of the comments were gibberish, some of the gibberish seemed to follow rules of punctuation, ending in a period, using commas, etc., the user was said to take one of these comments to attempt to decode it using some online decrypting sites. When the user ran the gibberish through a decoder for an encryption method called ROT13, the gibberish phrase turned into the words, I think he's a serial killer. Other Reddit users tried decoding the gibberish comments and would sometimes come up with coded phrases like twinkle twinkle little star or the super disturbing phrase, quote, see you soon, parking lot, bring her. Oh my God. Yeah. Some people, however, say that these claims of coded messages are false and never really happen. They say what people are seeing as coded messages are either just gibberish or comments in a foreign language. But I, I follow this, the ElsaGate stuff on Reddit, and a lot of people say you can decode some of these, uh, some of these gibberish phrases to be things about an uh, email address, where to send pictures, mm. child porn pictures, or about meeting somewhere, or about message boards on the dark web where you can trade child pornography. So there's that, and that's that's really disturbing. Yeah. But... Because you know e that stuff is happening. Yes. And even if the messages end up not being true, one of the most disturbing things to come from the ElsaGate situation was true. It was noticed that a lot of the comments under the videos, commenters would post a link to another YouTube video. 
Clicking on one of these other links would often bring you to a YouTube video of very young, often prepubescent children, usually wearing swimwear or very little clothing. In the comments under these videos, users would often post a timestamp like 9 minutes or 12 seconds. Clicking on the timestamp would bring you to a portion of that video where the children are unintentionally posed in sexually suggestive ways or where there would be a close-up shot of the children's bodies, genital areas, or feet. Unintentionally or intentionally? Unintentionally. A lot of these were unintentionally. And in the comments under these, there would be comments like yum, tasty, or I want to lick those feet. Oh my God. And here's the thing. If you're on YouTube looking at a video of an eight-year-old girl and you comment that you want to lick her feet, you're a pedophile. I mean, yeah, that's, clearly. You know, and the thing 100%. is... 100%. The thing is, this technically isn't illegal, but it sure as shit isn't right. I mean, this is... Looking at the channel that featured these videos, it became obvious that the owner of the channels were searching YouTube, looking for people's videos of their children in swimsuits or very little clothing, or even videos that children posted themselves, like unboxing videos, and the user was downloading them and putting them on his channel. So these channels were made up of nothing but people's videos of their children. That's so messed up. I feel like that should be illegal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess once you put I mean, something this, on YouTube, though, this, it's out in the public. And, you know, like unboxing videos are a big thing with kids. My nephew does those where he gets a new toy and he takes a video of him oh, opening, opening it, it and yeah. showing what's all inside. And on one of the YouTube videos I watched about Elsa Gate, you could see that it showed these two girls on a couch unboxing something. And they must have been six or seven. And they had little pajamas on. And there was one point where one of the girls bent over and you could see down her shirt. And everybody had, had the time stamped in the comments. What the hell? Yeah. So this is all a very real thing. It was discovered in 2017 that if you went on YouTube and searched with the phrase, quote, webcam video from... It would bring up a lot of videos that children uploaded themselves to YouTube, not knowing enough to change the video's name. The videos, which were almost always innocent things, like one of a seven or eight-year-old girl spinning around showing off her new dress, would sometimes end up getting upwards of six million views and literally hundreds of disturbing comments, including phone numbers, requests for the girl to do the same thing in her underwear, and more gibberish slash coded comments. Where are the parents? Why are they not monitoring? Because it's really easy. It's really easy to to take a video with YouTube and just upload it. But one of the videos, one of the videos I saw was it was this young girl, like they said, eight year old girl, and she had was showing her new dress, and you know she twirled around, and then like people had it time stamped where she had her back, you know, and the comments like somebody did say, "Do the same thing in your underwear." Somebody said, "Do it without your top on," and that these are people on YouTube commenting on this so was the video on her channel no, it was or on, someone it, it else had on, taken it and put it on it their was, channel it was, it was either on somebody else's or chances are it wasn't the one that this girl okay did because because then how would when the, the person put it? it on their their channel they probably kept the name because when you took a video and didn't change the name it said webcam video from and then the date so that's why people figured out if you did a search for webcam video from just kids. those words, a lot of them, and it still does it. Really I tried old. it. I tried it. I tried webcam video from, and they're not on YouTube a lot, but there's other sites like Daily Motion where it's like mm-hmm. YouTube. Okay. There's one like YouTube, and I, I typed in webcam video from in, in Google, and it brought up all these videos on Daily Motion of kids 
like young kids. So why isn't the FBI just sitting there taking screenshots of these usernames and hunting these? I don't you know, know what I mean? I don't know. I, I don't know. But it is. It, it's, it's just blatant. It is. It's really disturbing. Out the, the there thing with the, the thing where the people would take these videos from from people's channels of their kids, right. put them and make their channel nothing but kids in swimsuits. <sighs> They're predators. You know, and the fact that it got 6 million views. It's disgusting. So yeah, I could, and you're, maybe you're going to get to this. I can understand clicking on something, not realizing what it is that becomes a view. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't mean that that many people are into it. It just means that many people stumbled on the video. Although still, unfortunately, many of those probably knew what it was and was looking for it. Oh, but judging by the comments that people left on these, many knew what it was. It's disturbing. And finally, number four, it's a form of mind control. Some conspiracy theorists believe that this is part of an Illuminati slash New World Order slash... <laughs> whatever you want freemasons knights templar well pizza gate was kind of like that too yeah, though it pizza was like was illuminati like yes so some theorists believe that this is part of an illuminati new world order plan to raise this generation of children as maladjusted sociopathic troubled robots that are easily led to do whatever we want them to do there are specific mind control tactics found in the video such as sequences of colors flashing lights Repetitive and hypnotic songs, sounds, and melodies, repeated words which can act as triggers, uh, repetition of action sequences that let the child know what to expect and how to behave when it happens in real life, etc. These, these techniques show up in these. They really do. These mind control techniques are designed to disassociate children and groom them to accept and not question when adults do whatever they want to do to them. These break the way that kids learn and makes it easier to control them in the future. Other people see this as a satanic Illuminati plot to normalize pedophilia to the point where it becomes socially accepted because Satanists see child sexual abuse as a sort of desecration of purity. So a lot of people tie Satanism in with the, the Illuminati. Hmm. But you know, the thing is, I, really? I think, I've, never I, heard I, think that, I mentioned actually. this on the, the podcast. I, when I went to UWGB, I was friends with somebody that was a member of the Church of Satan. Mm -hmm. And it's not the Church of Satan. Like if you're an actual Satanist, you're not into this stuff. You know, right. an actual Satanist believes he doesn't believe in God or Satan. You basically believe that you're a divine being because you're you're like the highest form that there is. So you're a divine being and you should be you should treat yourself as such. That's mm -hmm. basically what Satanism is. But you have the offshoots of Satanism right. that do who fan it's more of a fantasize yeah. they fantasize about yeah. the rituals and Yes. So a lot of people they dress the part. a lot of people <laughs> tie up the Illuminati and the Satanism stuff together and say mm -hmm. that that uh, child abuse and child and, and sex with kids is a satanic thing because it's a desecration of purity. So, and it's also been tied to a group slash cult called the finders, but that's a topic for another episode. Cause you can go deep on the finders too. Okay. So those are the four theories and it's not just YouTube, it's daily motion and every other video sharing app. YouTube actually does a better job now of responding to the complaints than others do. Hmm. It makes me want to go and just flag a whole bunch of stuff as inappropriate. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that people do. I'm sure that people complain. <laughs> but I don't want to go to. I don't want to give them views but either. But another thing, another thing that is tied up with this Illuminati stuff is what you mentioned. Well, first of all, people say that Disney and Marvel are mm -hmm. like super possessive of their properties. Mm -hmm. Anybody tries to make a knockoff Mickey Mouse or a knockoff Spider Man, Batman, Elsa, any of these things, you're, you're going to get slapped with a cease and desist right away and people cannot understand how these do not get stopped they don't like the mickey mouse stuff is blatantly mickey mouse mm -hmm. and nobody and it these been going on for five six years and 
they don't get stopped. And a lot of people believe that like Disney and, and those big companies are part of the Illuminati mm-hmm. and that's why they're allowing this to happen. But I, I admit that it's bizarre. I don't, I mean, I'm not a copyright lawyer, but I don't understand why they can get away they, with, they all can get away with this. Why, yeah. why the companies like Disney don't try to shut these down. It, that's the, one of the most bizarre things about this to me. Do they, I mean, do these videos go away and then get posted under a different, you know, it's so oh, yeah, easy yeah, to just yeah, create a new yeah. account. They get, they'll get shut down and they'll pop up on another account. So that's probably why they can't do anything about it's it. Bo- but they, it's like, they still don't try because a lot of times I'll go to listen to a song and I'll say, I can't listen to it because it was copyright laws or whatever, but mm-hmm. you don't really see that with these. So those are the four theories. Yeah. So now we're to the, what do you think? My, my honest opinion, I'll go first. My honest opinion is that it's about money, but it attracted pedophiles. It was a, it, It's about money. It's ultimately about these videos making money. These, these people don't care what it's doing to the kids. They just want to make money. They have. They don't care if it's traumatizing children. It's just about making money. And I think because these videos have been around, it attracted the pedophiles because the pedophiles know that kids watch these videos and this might be a way to get in touch with them. Plus, the dark web was always a haven for pedophiles to trade child porn. But a lot of those sites, a lot of the dark web sites have been getting busted. So mm-hmm. some people think what better way to actually do this than do it on YouTube right out in the open in, in front of everybody, sight. but do it coded or do it in a way that people can't. So I do ultimately think it was about money. And I think it got, I think pedophiles got attracted to it and it's become tied up with pedophilia too. I just, I still can't justify if it's just about money, they could pick any content. It yeah. could be anything. Yeah. yeah. And that's, why does that's it where, have to be what they... I mean, you get to the... If you start to think that this is a systemized thing that they're doing to normalize pedophilia with all this pregnancy why stuff... Why would there and be so syringes, many themes? It's scary to think that there's a group big enough to, make, to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of people that think that that's what's going on, is that people think that they're doing that with incest too, that they are normalizing incest to not be disturbing well you know you have it on game of thrones and you know that came up in this when i was researching this that was brought up that they're trying to normalize uh pedophilia child porn and incest and they said that right now on sites like Pornhub and all that incest is like one of the hottest topics that everybody is looking for. so it's like they're trying to some people think that some conspiracy theorists think that they're doing incest as a test run mm. and if incest gets okay they're gonna try making sex with kids okay you know and and people said it's you know like when south park first had that episode where they said the word shit like a hundred times that was a big thing and now there's there's swearing and like network shows they're swearing on everything and now people are like why were we so worried about this and that's what people think that these people are doing is that they want us to get to the point where like why weren't we having sex with kids all along we should have been i don't see us ever getting to that point i can i can i I don't know. I don't. The I, way society is going, I, I would. I think there are enough good people. I think there are too, but I think the bad people are starting to outnumber the good people. I really do. I think. I think things could get dark. The thing is, we only hear about the bad people. We don't hear about all the good people. That's true. So the, I think we but, live. But in if a, you have a systematic group, a group systematically doing this. Because this is this Elsa stuff, the Elsa Gate stuff is frightening. It really is. I've never it, even heard of it. No, though. and I was I was seriously floored when I saw. I yeah. was like, "How the hell did I not hear about this?" Because this is 
crazy. I mean, this is, and, and the more videos I watch, the more I'm thinking there's something, there's like an overseeing group or something that's doing this because the, the imagery is all throughout all of these. It's all syringes. It's all pregnancy. It's all people getting body parts cut off. Mm-hmm. It's people peeing, on, it's people peeing of, on other people. Yeah. You know, like Mickey Mouse weird, peeing on Minnie Mouse. These are like weird fetish things. Yeah. There's a lot of fetish. There's a lot of fetish stuff. Didn't you say a lot of them were originating in foreign countries? Yes. Like, I mean... Yeah, and that that's why I don't know if this made it to the podcast, but because we were doing something else, but I said there are vending machines over in Japan where you can buy dirty children's underwear. Yeah, not, they not are, anymore. They clamped down on that. Oh, did they? Yeah. But either way, it, it was, was like, clearly it was like a, it accepted. Was in, it was in Japan. It, you could go to the vending machine and buy a schoolgirl's used panties. So clearly things are a little different in other countries. It's more socially acceptable, that sort of thing. It is. It Like, like Japan was... Like ha- the age of consent in Japan was like crazy low. Yeah. But then, but they also think that they don't have a problem with child molestation because a l- they, you know, some people theorize that the reason people are into that is because it's illegal. If it's legal, people might not necessarily be into that, which is a weird argument. Sure. But, but I, I don't know. In the end, I think it's about money, and I think it it got tied into pedophilia because pedophiles found it as a place to, mm-hmm. as a source to, to meet kids and all this stuff. But there is something bigger than it that's really disturbing and really strange. And I don't know what that is. Hmm. I don't know what it is. What do you think? Well, I like I said, I think that the intent from the beginning was not good. It, I don't sure you, money. So you might, don't think it? You don't think it's it's money related? You don't think? Well, I think it's totally money related. But I don't. I think they could have gone any route. I think they could have made you know funny videos, or they could have made weird videos that weren't disturbing or sexual yeah. in nature. There's yeah. no reason for them to create video, videos that had such disturbing imagery and s- sexual situations. Yeah. There's zero reason for that other than they were they dreamed it up and wanted to bring it to life and they knew other people would be into it. Yeah. Yeah, but then I think if you have the addition of these web bots that can comment on there and view it and crank up the number yeah. of people that are oh, going to see sure it. Yeah, I'm making tons of money. Yeah, and then that is going to get it played in the sequence when a when a child is on an iPad and is watching YouTube kids and it'll show up in the autoplay where it plays one video after another. It's going to start popping up. I and mean, it, it frightens me how many people don't know about this that right. have no problem letting their young son or daughter sit on a tablet and watch for hours on end and right. know that these videos are... are going by them number one get your kid's face yeah. out of the tv or the yeah. tablet for a little bit i mean yeah. push them out the door into the yard yeah. <laughs> that's all i gotta say i didn't grow up with a screen in my face no. but so I, I i mean i don't know i i think it's money and but i think there's something sinister the, well yeah but it. look at human human trafficking yeah. that's a money that's a money-based business yeah. but clearly what they're doing is intentional yeah i think yeah. it's sort of the same thing yep it's disturbing. Very disturbing. I don't think they're taking over the world. I don't think pedophilia is going to become legal because there are too many good people all over the world. We just don't hear about them because that's not what the news does in the United States. Very good point. The United sometimes, States sometimes news. I get a little. Sometimes <laughs> I get a little conspiracy theory. Of, not conspiracy theory, <laughs> but just not conspiracy theory, but just seeing how shitty Fatalist. I think the world is getting. Fatalist. Yeah. I just do. I really do. I think people are cynicism. Yeah, I think people are not as good as they used to be. Right. But that could just be because that's what I see in the news. 
And I try not to watch the news because yeah, I'm so smart. horrified by what I see on the news. And that's all they talk about. Yep. They actually have a section on the news that's called something like, I don't know what the title is, but it's basically, here's a short little segment of really positive stuff yeah. to squeeze yeah. in between all the crap <laughs> we're throwing at <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. So I want to end my section with this. Even though it sounds cliche as hell, monitor what your children are doing. In the end, whether it's about money or pedophilia or Illuminati mind control, it's all about manipulation. It's just blatant manipulation. Yeah. So watch what's going on. Don't let them win. That's all I got. When we were kids, do you remember, I don't know what news show it was or program, but a guy would come on and say, it's blah, 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 clock. Do you know where your kids are? Do you remember that? I remember. I know that as a thing, but I never remembered that as something that was actual on the news. And it was more about like, like for us, like that's, you, oh yeah, my kid's down the street at her friend's house. It's not, what's my kid watching on the internet right now? Yeah. What are they being exposed yeah. to on their phone or their tablet? Or what creep over three states over is trying to talk to my kid in a chat room? Yeah. It has a totally different connotation now than it did back in the 70s. Yep. So yeah, this Tell one, you, man, this, the internet. This one was rough. I mean, this was hard. You know, yeah. when you see these these comments that these people are leaving on of a, you know, a six year old girl showing her new pajamas and and somebody commenting, open the top up a little bit, turning and it's something like, so sweet and it's innocent. Like, I just yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I tend to lose faith in humanity sometimes. Yeah. Seeing that kind of crap. I think the internet has done a lot of wonderful things, oh, but, but it makes it so easy for just horrible yeah. things to happen so that is elsa gate all right yeah so what are we talking about next time <laughs> yeah, something it's Can... like baby squirrels we're just talking about baby squirrels <laughs> sure <laughs> so should oh we answer gosh. a listener question should we do a pickle joke to lighten do, the mood? Let's do a pickle joke to lighten the mood Maybe i mean I this i wanted to do this because i was really stunned by this but this was a hard one to get through because it is very dark well, I never heard of it. Yeah. So, and the idea that, you know, my friend's kids could be exposed Watching to this these. stuff yeah. is like, all right. Okay. This one doesn't even sound funny, but what symbol appears in every Russian delicatessen? What? A hammer and a pickle? Because uh, it's supposed to be a hammer and a sickle. Oh, a sickle. <laughs> Thank you. You had <laughs> to explain that funny. to me. I want to do one. Okay. The, you just want to read the next one? Nope. I'm just, oh, are we going to do them in order? I was doing them in order. It's, the next one's pretty good. What's the all-time hit musical play for pickles? I saw it, but I'm going to pretend I don't know. What is it, Kurt? Hello, Dilly. <laughs> okay. Like that, one. that one is cute. <laughs> Should we do a listener question? Yes. Oh, shoot. And she just threw the book on the floor. No, this is a, a box of larvae. So. Oh. <laughs> There's still some in there for Corey next time he joins us. Yep. Oh, yes, Corey. We're saving these for you, buddy. Jeff and Joe were not interested, by the way. Come on. Lightweight. I know. I think after I made them try the Jelly Bellies and they left the room gagging, they're not going to be eating bugs anytime soon. Ready for tonight's tonight's question? I am. Please be uplifting. It kind of is. Okay, good. Oh, maybe not necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think awaits us in the afterlife, in heaven or in hell? The Summerlands, a taco stand with all the nachos you can eat. You need not choose one of the given examples. Ha ha. I have no idea. I really have no idea. I'm not somebody who really believes in heaven or hell. I think there's something because I feel like I wouldn't be into ghost hunting if I didn't think there was something else. And I wouldn't be so into EVPs if I didn't think there was something else. But I have no idea. No idea. I'd like to think that, 
you know, I get to hang out with my cat that I just had to put down three I, weeks I ago. I always think and of that. I always think when I get to heaven, I want... I want my Bogart I want, back. You know, Narnia is still alive, of course. But, yeah. But assuming she goes before I do, which based on the way I feel might not necessarily happen, but assuming she goes before I do, I want her and my first cat, Killian, to, to meet me meet you when I at go the Rainbow on, Bridge. At the Rainbow Bridge. I know that's so cheesy to say, but I, I love totally... It though. I do too. I totally want them to be there. And I want to see my my mom and dad and my friends and my family that have passed on ahead of me. Yeah. To me, heaven, I don't know why, but it's always been associated with a field of hmm. waving grass, a blue... Blowing cl- in the wind. Yeah, a blue cloudy, a blue sky dotted <laughs> with clouds. Yeah. Like that's in my head, that's heaven. I think that if I if I did believe in something like heaven, it would be unique to everybody. My heaven is probably totally different than yours. Yeah. But I then think how, it's, how would you and I meet in heaven? I don't know. Somehow. I don't know either. To me, heaven is just a field. It's a field. It's a very nature. and It's, it's like a festival, an outdoor festival. <laughs> to me, it's just peaceful. Which is usually in a field. <laughs> to me, it's just peace. It's peaceful. Um, there was a, I believe it was a Japanese movie I saw many, many years ago called Afterlife. And the premise of the movie, which I loved, was that... When you die, the moment you die, you're asked what your most perfect moment was of your life, and that is your afterlife. You constantly live in that moment, mm. and I really like that idea that that is your heaven, is that one moment in your life where you were completely happy, mm. so I thought that was a cool idea. Yeah, it is cool. My heaven would have pizza. That's, that's I mean, there's going to be pizza. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. That kind of speaks to what I'm saying, though, is that mo- that's different for everyone. Yeah. Like, your moment might be that field. Mine might be... A concert. A- Yours would be like a concert by or, a band that you like. But not in a crowd, because I don't like crowds. It'd just but- be a con- your favorite band, just you <laughs> and the crowd. That or on be- a beach somewhere. Like, I love yeah. being by the water. See, and mine or- is a field or in a woods. It's just you know, mine is... I, I feel like it's all about peace. Wherever mm-hmm. you feel at peace... That's where your heaven's going to be. Yeah. And yeah, there's going to be a taco stand. Of course sure. there is. And uh, Papa Murphy's right next door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. That's that's a topic for another day oh, is when we get man. into life after death and mm-hmm. what happens after we die and whether there is anything after we die. But I'm, I'm not one of those people who's certain, though. I don't know with certainty what I think comes after. Yeah. I did when I, when I was a kid, but then I grew up. Yeah. So... So yeah, that's a good question. What do the strangers think? Yeah, what is your idea of heaven? Let or, us know. Or what do you think is waiting for you? Whether it's Valhalla the, or heaven. Uh, the idea of or, hell really freaks me out. Oh, yeah. You know, and we're, yeah. we're going to have an episode in the near future about near-death experiences. But when you get to some of the ones where people went to hell, yeah, those are Yeah, they are really they scary. They are super scary. Yeah. So eternity burning just doesn't sound good to me. No. (laughs) I just feel like that's not something I want to, you know, do. Give me a field and clouds and a taco stand and pizza and that's my heaven. I feel like we've been good people, so we don't have to worry about the hell part. I don't know. But then I think about that, then I think that pride is a sin. So if I think I'm a good person, am I sinning? You know? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. It popped in my head on the drive here. I was thinking about, I don't remember how I got, I was thinking about dying, I guess. <laughs> so like I said, I don't feel good. You're going to call um, the doctor tomorrow, right? Uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I brought this up in another podcast too, because I think somebody specifically asked it. And it scares me to think that I, when I die, I, if they're assuming that there is something after, I want to go to the light and I want to be at peace, but I feel like I'm not going to. Hmm. I feel like I'm going to stay because I, that's, me 
Like I'm either going to be too afraid to go to the light or I'm going to want to stay and take care of people, people that here. I care about. And I feel like as much as I want to move on, I feel like I'm not going to. And I feel like I'm going to be one of those ghosts that haunts just the hangs place. around. Just hangs around. Did you see a quote? It's all over the internet right now. Keanu Reeves, who to yes, me is like yeah. the greatest person ever. You know, it's Have you ever Googled Keanu Reeves doing cool stuff or I nice like, things? I really I like love Ke- Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves, but it's like he, there's, I was thinking about that today too, because I watched that clip you're talking about. Yeah. And it's weird that we, you go through phases where he's really cool. And then you go through phase where he's like really crappy actor you know, and does crappy he's not parts. He's a super actor. No, but there's, there's, but I there's think like he's a, amazing there's like person. a wave to like, there's like a Keanu wave where he's up and then he's down and then he's up and then he's down. But I think as a person, he's always been looked at because he always, he's always doing really nice things to complete I, I, strangers. I like him. I have always liked him. But, I mean, know, I had a crush, of course, after Point Break, but. I didn't have a crush on him, but. I just, yeah, he's not the greatest actor. I'm sorry. He's just But not. I loved his answer. The question he yeah. was asked. Oh, yeah. Get to that part. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, he was on was a, a talk, talk show. show, and they said, what do you think happens to us after we die? And he said something like, I know that the ones who love us, us will miss, miss us. us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like a perfect answer. Yeah. It doesn't get into anything too deep, and it's it's true. Yeah. He you just know. seems like a really decent human being. He does. He does. And I feel like there's very few people like that in Hollywood. Oh, Absolutely. But I, 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 he's one guy I would like to meet. Oh, me too. You know, and the thing is, I'm not like a super big action movie guy, but I really like the John Wick I movies. I do too. I really do. I think I they're really, really like good those too. Movies. I love that he had kind of a comeback with that. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. I heard they were making a Bill and Ted's like I, I have reunion, mixed emotions though. about that. I really like the second one. I love the second one, but not a lot of people like the second one. I don't remember the second one. Uh, we need a... You know, there's talk of us doing a movie or book... Uh, oh, club! A club, yeah, 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 yeah. With other, with other people from the, that listen to the podcast. So maybe we could throw that in one of the. We could, but we're still figuring out what we're gonna do. Yeah, if it's gonna be extra content or something else, you know, because people sure. have mentioned wanting to do Patreon, and I don't know, I don't know. Like I always cringe at the idea of wanting somebody to pay for us. But if people you know, want to pay, people, people said, "What about?" People said, "What about a sponsor?" And I don't like that either because that always like pulls me out of a podcast. Because sometimes it's like totally. You can do it right at the beginning, though. Can't I know, you? but sometimes you know that would be like us, you know, talking about the Yuba Five and saying, you know, it's too bad they didn't have such and such food shipping service to that cabin because <laughs> they probably be want to starve to death. Funny though, you know. But this sometimes is just so. You could make it funny. Yeah, we could make it funny. <laughs> we'll see. We'll we'll figure this out. We got. Hey, we got to pay the bills, man. Yeah, we got two That's years behind say. us. How many more ahead of us? Nobody's calling us, so. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nobody's knocking down our door to sponsor no. us. So. No, who would sponsor us? I don't know. Some pickle factory. Oh, we could be sponsored by like... <laughs> Dill? Dill or, <laughs> Blastics or, or yeah. whatever. Milwaukee pickles. The Milwaukee pickles are really good. I haven't had them. Like, yeah, I haven't had one of those in forever. Yeah, they're good. That's the one kind of like... Now I kind of want pickles. <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> anyway. Were we going to do another question or no? Do you want, you want to do one more question? Sure. All right. We got time for one more question. Sort of. It's almost two hours now. <laughs> well, Dash said he likes them being a little longer. We, we want to put a poll on the strangers about what... What's the perfect length yeah. episode? Next question. <laughs> Why Kurt is such a drunkie? <laughs> That's the question is, why, why Kurt, Kurt is such, is a, such drunkie? a drunkie? I don't think I'm a drunkie. Do you think I'm a drunkie? 
You did talk about drinking and driving a couple of episodes Oh, ago. that's probably what they're talking about. <laughs> Could be. That was bad. I, that was one margarita. Hmm. And I was all jacked up from Maybe that. You got roofied. I probably did. Hmm. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think Kurt's a big drinker. I'm really not. I mean, I, I have a beer. Or a drunkie. I'm not a drunkie. I have a beer every now and then, you know, when I go out to eat with friends and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I can't. The, I'm... I used Your to tolerance. Be able, oh God, yeah. Gone way I down. used to be able to, you know, I'd drink with friends until two or three in the morning, get up at six for college and be fine. And now I can't have, if I have more than three beers, I don't know how it's going to be the next day. I have a beer and I'm like, Ooh, yeah. better slow down. <laughs> I can't remember if I've said this on here, but I've told it to other people. I said, my favorite thing in the world is when I go, like if I'm going to my friend Miranda's house for lunch or whatever, and I stop and pick something up from like Kurtz's and Two Rivers or from some bar that serves food, I get one beer, you know, and I usually wait for the food. So I'm drinking it, get like halfway done or, you know, have like a quarter of it left. And then my food comes. So I chug that last little quarter. And then I have just like a perfect little tiny buzz. I know what you mean. Where you just feel that little, little buzz. And then you're like, how how do you keep that going all night? I don't know. but that's It's like, not that's, possible. No, but that's like the perfect, that's like my perfect buzz is like one quickly. You feel just a little warm and fuzzy. One quickly chugged beer yeah, yeah, is yeah. like my perfect drunk. Like, I know what I, you mean. I, I don't like getting drunk anymore. No, I mean, me when either. I was younger, it was cool. But now I can't. No. I don't like it. The loss of control. I have a real problem yeah. with that. Yeah, I my husband's really into IPAs, which are pretty high in alcohol. And I was halfway through one the other day, and I'm like, this right here is the perfect buzz. Yeah. Yes. Where I wouldn't so, feel weird talking to anybody. Nope. nope. I, I, I'm a, my arms and legs feel a little loosey yeah. goosey. Yep. And you're like, how do I maintain this yep. all night? It's impossible. Exactly. And that's it's how I feel impossible. after I have that one beer. It's like, this so is, I just give up. Yeah. This is perfect. If I could just feel like this all the time. But that makes yeah. me sound like a drunkie, so I should <laughs> I should say that. So no, I don't think I don't think Kurt is a drunkie. No, I don't think so either. Just that one margarita that, one that poor was poor choice to drive afterwards. <sighs> well, I, I I knew I was going to have one margarita. One margarita has never done that to me before. Yeah. When I go to the place in Two Rivers, I have one margarita and I'm fine. I'm not even buzzed from it. So hmm. I don't know. Maybe I they made you a double or something without telling you. I don't know. I don't know. Or I'm just getting old. More than two. But no, I don't think I'm a drunkie. No. But I agree. I'll definitely have a beer with any of our listeners, so just let me know. <laughs> just one. <laughs> just one, though. <laughs> so Not a margarita. I think that's it for tonight, right? All right. You want to give think... our deets out? Oh, I almost forgot the deets again. You can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Strange Session. Without the last S. <laughs> we'll Krista's, get over it eventually. Krista's really good at being on Instagram for us at the Strange Sessions. And as always, you can send us postcards and snail mail at The Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, 54221-0434. And you can always call and leave a message on The Strange Sessions hotline at 920-443-9602. And are we running low on taste test items? Oh, we're getting there. Okay. So if anybody, if you want to send us anything, just not, it has to be like packaged goods. Yeah. Like if you send us a Ziploc bag with some homemade stuff in it, we might not eat it. No, if you send me <laughs> because a half, we don't if know you. you. Send me a half-eaten Twinkie. <laughs> I probably eat it. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I'd like it to be in a you know a package, yeah. like a like what Shane container. and Liz and yeah. Melissa all did was great, where they packaged up a couple different things. Mm-hmm. So we got one from Dash to try next time that. 
His is homemade, but we feel like we know Dash. Yeah. So that'll be weird in the morning. And hey, if we be have a, problems, first, I think that's gonna be our first morning oh, episode. Oh, it will be a morning episode. Okay, we'll, well find something. We can microwave something. Yeah, we're gonna microwave something to put the stuff on. Yeah. Okay. Don't you think? Sure. We'll I have no idea. We'll, okay, we, we, we have two we're, weeks to figure this. Out. We're two years into this podcast. We know what we're doing. <laughs> we got this. We got this. So, <laughs> from Krista and I, until next time, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.